Vincent Werbergs, Derby. This evening, we're doing Preach Mania. We've done this a few times before, and uh, what we do is we have tasked four of our congregation to preach for five minutes. Um, They each get five minutes to preach out of a passage that we've selected for them. You'll know if you've been part of Worbs, we have started our new series last week. We're looking at the creed. We're going through uh, one of those Catholic creeds that Jenny's just agreed to and believes in. Um, And so tonight we're looking at I believe in the Holy Spirit. And so... um, We're going to read the passage, and then I'm going to invite our first preacher to come and preach. So, hang on one moment. John 14, if you have Bibles. It's going to come up on the screen, I believe. Brilliant. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is the text. We've asked Nick, Abby, Kieran, and firstly, Simon, to preach from. So Simon, why don't you come and kick us off? I didn't want to be in court, but I knew I was in trouble. Standing there in this room in Aylesbury, I was just accused of of being overweight. And before you think that this is some aggressive tactic on the part of the NHS to go for the morbidly obese, not a bit of it. I, I was just driving a van and the van was kind of driving at 35 degrees upwards because it was too heavy. And I was stopped and Well, the rest is history. So I'm standing there in court and I'm confused. I'm not able to hear very clearly. I'm just not enjoying it. My wife is there. She's got a best 
Laura Ashley dress on to look prim and proper, you know, to try and sort of butter me up a little bit. But I was on my own. And yet I, I had someone. Someone who was there who was for me. Someone who was there who would be my advocate. Someone who was there who would speak on my behalf, who had the word to speak, the right words that would impress the magistrate, who understood the system, who would be there to guide me to explain what was going on, who would protect me, who would seek my best interest. He'd be there to defend me. He would be there to comfort me. In the passage that we just heard, the disciples are in something of a crisis. Just a few days beforehand, there had been a triumphal entry into the city, like a cross between a Coldplay concert, a football cup homecoming, and the cricketers coming home. It was just uh, everything going absolutely bananas. And yet a few days later, there's talk of betrayal. It's a little bit... Boys, do you know what it's like when your first girlfriend dumps you, but you don't quite get it yet? That they were just sort of not, not getting what was going on. And we see them at this Last Supper. They're confused. Jesus has suddenly condensed almost three years of teaching into this nugget of spiritual truth. Somehow they're getting the idea that Jesus is going and they can't quite get the, the hang of this. They're hurt, they're troubled. But these disciples... They, they knew Hebrew scripture, they knew the, 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 the Jewish tradition, and that said that one of the names of the promised Messiah was Menahem, Messiah helper, Messiah comforter. And at the point of their crisis, at the point of their confusion, Jesus doesn't look to his own trouble but he turned to his disciples and he says to them I your comforter will send another comforter I who am your comforter will send another comforter the same kind of comforter a comforter who is an indwelling helper a paracletos an advocate just like I had felt the help in that courtroom, Jesus said that there would be a helper. And in the few chapters around here, we see the Holy Spirit described as a helper, as a teacher, as a witness, as a prosecutor who does stuff, gets it done, and as a revealer and a guide. 
And the theologians and the people who study scripture, they just look at this and it's like a three-course meal for them. They look at it and say, there's so much truth in it. And they've had 2,000 years to unpack it and read it and write long books about it. The disciples had none of that. The disciples didn't grasp that the Holy Spirit is a person and the third person of the Trinity. Perhaps they did not know that the Holy Spirit was one with the Father and the Son. Perhaps they didn't connect with the fact that the Holy Spirit was the agent in creation, that the, the agent in new birth, that he would be there at the end of all things when the voice comes from heaven, the Spirit and the bride say, come. Perhaps they just didn't know that the Spirit had breathed life into Scripture and would continue to do so that he would be the indwelling, empowering, emboldening spirit who is the very guarantee, the very deposit, the very engagement ring of our salvation. They were unschooled, ordinary men. And Jesus understood it. And so he said very simply to them, I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send somebody who's going to stand beside you, who's going to be like a person who stands up for you in court. And this person won't just stand alongside you, but will dwell in you. What does it mean for us right now, 2019? This passage says, the Holy Spirit, Spirit of peace. So many of us are at that point where we need the peace that the Holy Spirit brings. It means that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of power. So many of us find our Christian walk not all that it ought to be and we need the Holy Spirit to indwell and to infuses with his power and purpose. And it means that it is, he is the Holy Spirit of promise. Everything that we have in our salvation, everything that is coming for us, we have a down payment, a guarantee that in Christ that this is, yes, this is going to happen. Standing in that courtroom, I was grateful for an advocate for each one of us the Holy Spirit is our advocate right here right now Amen My name's Kieran. Let's jump straight in. Um, so this is said hours before Jesus heads into the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, so it's right at the end. And um, I hope you'd allow me to explore it in three different elements. Naturally, they all begin with the same letter. Otherwise, it's blasphemy. Um, it's not actually the case. It was just really forgettable beforehand. So I needed something to help remember. Um, so the first T is task. Jesus starts verse 15 
Love me and keep my commands. And he says words really similar to that three more times, four in total. So he keeps on saying this. This must be so important and intrinsic to what which means so important to the Holy Spirit. But um, he says it so much, we must be missing something that we just haven't caught up with that he's been talking to the disciples about. 19 verses earlier, if we just skip back, he gives a new command. He says, love one another as I have loved you. He also says, a new command I give you, which is a bit of a giveaway that he's giving a new command. Um, but um, God is asking us then, when he says four times about his spirit, keep my commands, he's asking us to live like him which is an issue because that is incredibly difficult. But the way that the Holy Spirit and his commands are linked is that we need his spirit and he gives us his spirit to enable us to live like him and keep his commands. So we are in a tight, difficult spot, but he gives us a tremendous, tremendous help. And the second, well, the help is the second letter T and that stands for teammate. The teammate is on our side. Simon beautifully mentioned that he's a comforter and an advocate. But as well as that, he doesn't stop there. Not only does he speak to us about everything, but he reminds us of everything. Everything he's spoken to us, he reminds us of again. And because he speaks to us about absolutely everything, it means he can meet with us in a way that is deep, in a way that is personal. Sorry if I'm spitting at the microphone as well. Uh, a way that is personal and a way that is intimate. Now, I, um, I find it easy to forget how willing God is to jump into intimate relationship with us. Um, but um, luckily for me, God loves to remind me. Uh, so the other day, um, I was, um, whilst I was preparing for this, I got a text. Um, and it was a word or a prompt from God. And um, I didn't know what it was. Luckily, the Holy Spirit decided to let me know. Um, so uh, he started ministering to me. Wow. He started to, to show his love to me. Wow. But then I started crying, uh, which is fine. And it's healthy. And that's what the Spirit does. But there were sleeping people in the house. So I had to keep it quiet. So I'm trying to like, cover my mouth and my nose. And I sounded like a strangled duck, which also isn't helpful if you're trying to sleep. And then snot started to come out, which is bad. Because you know it runs when you cry. So I'm dripping with snot. Drenched in the spirit, though, which is good. I had to run around the house, find some tissues silently, found the tissues and did the thing that when you grab one, you throw the box halfway across the room, um, which is really nasty. So I put it back behind the curtain. But um, I'm telling you that story because, like me, I didn't know the reality that God wanted to meet with us and to help us. I know for some of you, you may feel like, is it a reality? Does God really want to meet with me? Maybe others, not me. He does. He really does. And I pray tonight, if you haven't met God's spirit or you've forgotten what it's like, just come to the front and there'll be people at the prayer ministry to help. But my final C, and I may have gone on for a little bit too long, is this is tremendously good news. This is the spirit of Jesus. Jesus living in us. The Bible project beautifully sums it up as Jesus is as Jesus' personal, divine presence living with us at any place, at any time. Jesus says to his disciples, I'm leaving you. No, yeah, Jesus says, I'm not leaving you in this passage. But he spends in verse 12 telling his disciples that he is in fact leaving them. So he's leaving but he's coming back. Now this 
is really good news. Because Jesus leaving and his Holy Spirit arriving is the next phase in the restoration of our relationship with God. God brings himself closer to us. I'm just going to wrap up with a a small list of things that are good news for us. Because of his spirit, he lives with us, verse 17. Because of his spirit, we are bound to him, verse 20. He gives us life because he has life, verse 19. And that's not all of it. God has a tremendous journey for us, but he gives us tremendous help entirely by his grace. And this is tremendous news for his children. Um, Amen. We've had two um, amazing little sermon sermonettes so far. And uh, next up to preach is one of our interns, Abby. I'm just going to jump straight in. Um, When I was first reading this passage, um, verse 27 really stood out to me. Um, It says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I then read it in the message version. And verses 25 to 27 say this. I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you. The friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you, peace. I don't leave you the way you're used to being left, feeling abandoned, bereft. So don't be upset, don't be distraught. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us. And when the person of Jesus was no longer physically walking on the earth, God didn't want us to be alone. And so he gave us the Holy Spirit. And isn't it just so easy to forget that we've actually been given that gift? I think that life can be so hectic and so up and down and so many bad things can happen that actually we forget that that gift of peace is ours in the midst of that. Luke chapter 1, verse 78-79 says this, The rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. God meets us in our darkness and in our shadows. God doesn't always take us out of our situations, and I think that can be so difficult to understand. Why won't God heal? Why won't he stop this pain? Why can't he just save them? Why can't he just step in like he's supposed to? I think we forget that actually he isn't distant. He's not a distant God. And he's so much closer than you know in the midst of all those questions, in the midst of the pain. I think when we stop expecting everything to be fixed and center in on the fact that God actually wants to meet us in our hurt, that is where the breakthrough will happen. It's vulnerable, but that's where it happens. And I know that this is all easy to say from the front, um, but I really want to be clear that these aren't just words. And we have to learn this on our journey with God and his spirit. And I myself have had to learn this over the past couple of years. And since I was a kid, I've really struggled with anxiety. And it's had a massive impact on my life and the way that I live. 
and have lived. And in the past year or two, I have never struggled with it so much. Um, after it has been building for, I guess, years and pretending that it wasn't really happening, um, bot bottling it up, which I think we're all pretty good at. Um, but basically, this year, it got to the point where I had to take a month off work and I basically no longer had a hold on it. The anxiety had a hold on me and it was controlling basically everything that I was doing. Um, but what I want to say in all of that is that even if I didn't see it then, I can see it now, that the time that I had off and the time now still figuring it out and still journeying with it each day, God met me there and God continues to meet me here. God met me in each and every moment through all the things that we don't always appreciate enough. God shows himself in the precious moments, the small moments that you maybe wouldn't have been so proactively thankful for. But when it feels like you're holding on by a thread, God uses the simplest of things to reach you. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. The Holy Spirit lives deep within us in our hearts and it's constantly being revealed to us in the smallest of moments. His Spirit is the strength that you need. He's the breath in your lungs and he's the small moments of light in what may feel like complete and encompassing darkness. I think that's what peace is. It's deep and it's personal and I think we actually ache for it. That's the thing. The more time we make to listen to God in our everyday, the more aware we will be of all the little ways that the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives through the small things, through the precious moments. And like it said in the message version that I read out earlier, it says, He will remind you of all things I have told you, He being the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a prompter. The Holy Spirit is our reminder that no matter what we're going through, God is with us and we have peace within us. I have absolutely no idea what you're going through, what you might be experiencing, or the pain you might feel, but I just want to encourage you that that gift of peace is right there. It is living within you, and you can hold on to that. God knows what you're going through, and he knew that you would go through it, and he knew that you would need a peace like no other, a peace that the world cannot take away from you. The Holy Spirit is an undeniable peace, freely given to each and every one of us for each and every moment. Even in the darkest night, even in the midst of pain, and even in the waves of panic, you will never be alone. I just want to leave you with two questions. What in your life right now do you need God's peace in? What do you feel like is stopping you from allowing yourself to receive that gift of peace? Okay, I'm going to spend the next five minutes talking to you about the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 15 to 27. Now, this particular section is focused on the Holy Spirit. You've probably worked out that's the theme of the day. And if you've got the NIV version of the Bible, there's actually a subheading saying, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. So first and foremost, let's try and get an understanding of the environment that Jesus is in. So it's the Last Supper. He's kind of told Judas to go and do what he needs to go and do. And now he's left with the remaining disciples. Now, Jesus talks about a number of things. 
he starts foretelling his death and resurrection. And that's kind of like where he starts alluding to these passages that John is talking about. He talks about three things. First and foremost, he talks about an advocate. And that is leaving an advocate for us. And later on in the scripture, it confirms that that advocate is the Holy Spirit, in case there's any doubt. But the second thing he does is that he actually says that this advocate is not just going to be left behind, but it's going to be inside us. It's actually going to be, I would say, dwelling inside of us. Now, there's many passages in the Bible that talks about this. If you read the back of Ephesians 2, Paul speaks about the Holy Spirit, about Jesus being a cornerstone, about us being built within Jesus and actually being a dwelling place for God's Holy Spirit. But bringing it back to John, the third element is this amazing relationship. Now, Jesus in verse 20 says, You will realize that I am in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. There's a real intimacy there. There's a real oneness, a real togetherness. So he's going to leave this advocate, an advocate to dwell inside of us. But not only that, we're going to have this amazing relationship. Now, from an earthly perspective, that's probably as good as it gets. So I started to think to myself, how do we engage with this Holy Spirit? Well, I think in terms of the um, church, I think it's great. You know, we've got a fantastic worship band here. We've got Matt, we've got Bex, we've got everybody else that's involved in the band. Absolutely brilliant worship. We worship the Lord, but we also, we draw from the Holy Spirit. And then there's times where maybe Phil would just encourage us just to be quiet, open our hands out and just feel the Spirit fall on us. Now, some of us will have prophetic words, prophetic images. Some of us will actually start speaking in tongues and others will actually have the gift of interpreting those tongues. And you know what? We need to do more of this because if we want to be a Christ-centered community for the city of Derby and beyond, we need to be more and more immersed in ourselves with the Holy Spirit because you know what happens? When we do that, we start seeing things differently. We start seeing things how God sees things. We start understanding things and looking through God's lens. That's very powerful stuff. Now, in terms of myself, I kind of think, yeah, you know, Sundays, it's sorted. I can immerse myself with the Holy Spirit. But actually, when I walk out those doors and I'm outside the boundaries of these four walls, what I seem to find is it can be a bit more challenging Now, I've got a really busy life. You know, I've got four fantastic children. I'm not blaming them for anything, by the way. And I've got a really busy job. And um, it just seems today that everyone I talk to, you know, how's your day? How's your work week been? People just seem to say it's getting busier and busier. It is almost the norm that workplaces now want every ounce out of their employees. But then there's those distractions in our lives as well. There's the TV. I don't know know what you guys watch. What's the the latest thing now? Simpsons, Love Island? I don't know. There's a lot of distractions out there, isn't there? And then there's social media, and I've heard it spoken about so many times in this church. It's one of the biggest distractions out there. Now, I'm not saying they're bad things, by the way, you know, especially when the football season's on. You know, I love me telly. But what I'm saying here is basically five minutes on social media could be five minutes spent with God. And I know that there's many of you that are really focused on drawing the Holy Spirit. So this is not me questioning what you are all doing. What this is, this is a message of encouragement. So what I want to say is that if you are really focused on the Holy Spirit and you're engaged, then I encourage you to continue, but also to encourage others. And if you're somebody like me that has a really busy lifestyle, but actually sometimes... 
you know, you're not sure where you can kind of fit God in, then maybe just take a step back. Maybe just reassess things. Maybe see where you can spend time with the Holy Spirit. You know, it was a couple of weeks ago that actually Phil stood here and he spoke about this rose bush. And if I remember, Phil, rightly, you were told how to prune and you actually over-pruned this rose bush. Is that, is that correct? And I, I kind of thought to myself, I thought these roses now have been so over-pruned. But you know what, yeah? They've got the maximum light shining on them and they can actually now go and flourish. But before they were pruned, the things that were getting in their way were their own branches. And I sometimes think in our lives, we can be our worst distractions. So like I say, I encourage you all to just look at those opportunities to spend time with the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to finish off with a prayer. Say, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for your spirit. And I just pray that it continues to hover in this church and in our hearts. I pray that when we are busy, when we are stressed, when we are just feel like we're fighting fire with fire, that you can just prompt it on our hearts that it's just time just to step back and just immerse ourselves with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.